good evening, folks. Um, uh, folks are still gathering in, so we'll start off with one hymn before we start the service proper. So if you could turn to 399 in your books, if you want to read from the books. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. So we'll sing 399 and, and the complete hymn before we start off.
well, can I give a warm welcome to our service uh, tonight to this, the last of our missionary presentations. Uh, we've been holding missionary presentations during this week, so delighted tonight to have Mark Collier with us uh, representing Friends in Action. Very many thanks to Robert McMillan uh, representing the Joy Foundation for his report on Wednesday uh, on the work of Joy Foundation in Poland and to Tom Rice for his presentation on the Society of Distributing of the Hebrew Scriptures on Wednesday. I think if you were here this morning you would have been greatly challenged uh, by the report from Donald on Ukraine. I know I was certainly challenged uh, to hear what the folk have gone through in Ukraine. It was just a delight to have them with us uh, today and to sing for us and, uh, and we had a really nice lunch after the main service and uh, I would just like personally and perhaps on your behalf to really thank uh, John and the missionary committee for all of the effort and all of the work that they put into this week and, and particularly the lunch uh, today with the Ukrainian folk. It was a great day um, and you know uh, if you turn on your television these days you'll hear Clive Murray on reporting live from Kiev about uh, the war that's been gone and going on in Ukraine pretty much nearly every time you're you turn your television on but if you were able to travel 3,900 miles in a southwest direction you'd come to the land of Burkina Faso and just like Ukraine the land of Burkina Faso has been suffering greatly with militant uh, Muslim uh, jihadis um, killing and pillaging uh, and, and basically trying to destroy that country only it's not on your TV when you switch it on at night. But that's a country as well as Ukraine that really needs your prayers. And it's a delight tonight uh, to bring Mark uh, to church to just to let you know what actually is going on and how the Lord has enabled friends in action to keep on going despite the dangers, uh, despite the risk. And uh, if you were able to go those 3,900 miles this morning to Burkina Faso, you would have been going to a little church in the city uh, called Ouagadougou and uh, you'd be entering that little church via steel gate and a high wall and there'd be a guy standing outside with some sort of a firearm to give you protection as you worshipped and uh, you know Nigel and Ed and, and myself and a few of the other guys have been there and even us coming from Northern Ireland um, you know, we feel a bit edgy out there, even though we've been through what we've been through here. Uh, but uh, if you were in that church right now, you'd have missionaries from America, Australia, Canada, Europe, uh, at the continent of Africa, and they'd all be there singing, and not sitting like we are, but they would be moving about as they sing and praising the Lord. And uh, one of the favorite hymns, and I know this for a fact, one of the favorite hymns that they would sing on a Sunday morning in that little church in Wagadougou. We're going to sing it now, and it's, it's hymn number 71 in your books. O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hand hath made. What a great hymn, and we're going to sing it. So sing it out and enjoy the hymn, enjoy the words of that hymn. <laughs> 
Well, it's lovely to see the hall so well filled tonight. Uh, thank you very much for coming along. I know we have a number of visitors with us tonight, so you're very welcome, and uh, I trust you'll enjoy the fellowship here in St. Field Baptist. And, you know, why not stay on and have a cup of tea with us after the main meeting? Um, great to see the young people here tonight, and it's lovely to have Louise and Joshua and Anna and Rachel with us tonight as well. So you're all very welcome. So uh, we're just going to open the meeting now in prayer, please. Oh God, our Father, uh, we come humbly before you tonight. We thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have here tonight in Seinfeld to meet with one another and to worship you without fear. Our Father, we thank you for every good thing that you give us and for those things that we so often take for granted. But Father, we pray tonight that we will never take for granted that you loved us and that you sent your Son and that if we believe in him, we would not perish but have everlasting life. Our Father, we realize that even today we have sinned against you in thought and in word and in deed. We thank you, Father, that we have an advocate, Christ Jesus the righteous, faithful unto death, even death on the cross. We thank you, Father, for your promise that your sins, that our sins are separated from us as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Father, that when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation, and take us home. What joy shall fill our hearts. And so, Father, as we see the need for prayer today for you Ukrainian people, we now pray that you will open our ears and our hearts to another land, the land of Burkina Faso, that needs your help and your protection. Father, I pray tonight for Mark, as he serves in Burkina Faso and the Ivory Coast. Pray, Father, tonight that you will keep your hand upon him in these days. And, Father, give him help with his presentation tonight that we might know more about the land of Burkina Faso. Pray for Louise and the children. And give comfort to them when Mark is in field and away from home. But pray for all of the pastors in Burkina Faso and the Ivory Coast who are serving you providing water to a needy people and to a people who need to hear about the water from the well of life we ask these things in your name Amen uh, Do we have the announcements please? I bid you welcome to our meeting this evening. Good to see you in the meeting. We've had a great weekend, a long weekend from Wednesday. And this morning we enjoyed our brother Donald and what he shared with us. And we're looking forward to Mark sharing with us tonight. Good to a new fellowship with Mark. And as uh, Tom has said, good to have Louise 
and the family with us. Now don't rush away after the meeting. There will be a time of fellowship, a round of cup of tea. So if you can stay and enjoy a fellowship with us. After the gospel service, the youth fellowship will meet. And again, as I said this morning, we're keeping Mark busy. He's going to share with the young people after the service as well. And the offering throughout the day will be distributed between the missions that have been represented. And this is a busy week for us here in the church. Tuesday at 8 p.m., the ladies' fellowship meet. And that will be taken by our own ladies. And they're going to have a look at Rahab and do a study on Rahab on Tuesday night. Wednesday at 6.45 is the searchers, and that is the parents' night. Now, this is a big night for us and certainly a big night for the leaders and the searchers. Now, I did mention this morning, we do appreciate the work of Sharon in that, but there are also many who come week by week and share, <coughs> excuse me, do the choruses and do the uh, memory verse and do, lead the meeting and do various things. And we do thank you uh, very much for all the work you've put in throughout the year. But I would like to ask you to pray specifically for Wednesday night. This is a great opportunity. and uh, Many of the parents have been invited in Perhaps some of them have never been in the church before. And so you pray during the week and certainly on Wednesday night that indeed uh, God will help his servant as he brings a word to them. And indeed they will be challenged. So pray for that on Wednesday evening. Now due to the uh, searchers meeting at 6.45, the prayer meeting will not commence until 8.30. So please bear that in mind. 8.30 the prayer time will start and it will be a time of prayer on Wednesday evening. Then on Thursday at 10.30 we have the Tiny Tots. And then Saturday, the young people are traveling to Emerald Park. And I had to ask today what all was at Emerald Park. I'm still not really sure, but no doubt we'll find out on Saturday evening when they come back. So let's pray for the young people as they travel. It's quite a distance down that they'll have journeying mercies and they'll have a, a good time of fellowship together. And I think I mentioned this morning that if you haven't already paid for that trip, uh, Derek would appreciate if you can have payment before Saturday. Next Sunday, there will be no Sunday school. Or Bible class off for two weeks due to the holidays, uh, but the services will continue at 11.30 and 6.30, and the speaker all day will be your Pastor Johnny Armory. These are the announcements, again, made subject to the Lord's will. Thank you. Just uh, to change position before Mark finally starts and, and give the, the lads at the back a chance to, to set up. Uh, we're going to sing one hymn from 710. There's a work for Jesus ready at your hand. Tis a task the master just for you has planned. So we'll sing one verse in the chorus, please.
good evening, everybody. Uh, it really is a joy and a pleasure and a privilege uh, to be uh, with you all uh, this evening. And it is really great to look out and to see some familiar faces. Um, some faces, uh, some people here I haven't seen in a while. It's good to see you. Uh, some that have been uh, faithful prayer warriors for us as my family and I have served the Lord over the years in uh, West Africa. Some of you who've come out on teams and have labored and worked hard uh, helping us in the work uh, that we do serving the Lord in West Africa. And so it's really great just to be back here and uh, to see some of you and I look forward to, to catching up with you hopefully after this service over a cup of tea and a little bit of supper. I know a lot of you have uh, connections, many of you have connections with Burkina Faso, some of you I know have travelled out with other groups as well, and it's really great just to see you all here this evening, as we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about the Lord's work in West Africa, and spending some time in God's Word. It really is, for me, a joy to be able to be here and stand in this pulpit. Uh, physically, because this time last week I was returning from West Africa and I was hardly able to stand up. I had got some food poisoning on the way home and got as far as Paris, uh, from Ouagadougou back to Paris, and in Paris food poisoning hit and I was sick. We'll not go into the detail, but it was, it was bad. And uh, eventually made it back over to Dublin uh, where they were trying to put me into an ambulance to get me home, but Mike, one of our board members, uh, picked me up from the airport and uh, got me back home. And all I wanted to do was get into my bed and just to rest. And thankfully, my wife and kids, they said hello and let me go up and into bed. But the board were quite concerned uh, about me, um, or at least I thought. I had phone calls from Nigel, as you know, chairman of our board. I had phone calls from Tom, very concerned about me. And after I spoke to him, I thought, do you know what? I know what this is about. I know what this is about. There's a meeting next weekend, and they are concerned, not necessarily about me and my health. I'm sure they were. But they were very concerned about who was going to take the meeting if Mark was sick. And uh, I think there were some calls went backwards and forwards between Tom and Nigel uh, that I wasn't party to, but uh, trying to figure out uh, what would happen. Uh, but the Lord's good, and the Lord um, watched over me while I was in Burkina. Um, it was a, a tough time the last couple of weeks. had COVID while I was out there in fever, and then, as I say, the sickness just coming home. So I was really glad just to get home, and this week, just for the Lord to give me the, the health and strength back. And I'm back to a good measure of health and strength and here before you uh, this evening. So I'm really pleased about that and thankful uh, to the Lord and thankful to you for your prayers, as I know many of you uh, were praying for me as I, I traveled and as I returned home. We really do, as a family, appreciate your love and concern for us and your prayers. And when... At times, serving the Lord in West Africa, you can feel very isolated, very cut off in a very different, strange environment. It's just wonderful to know uh, that we have our brothers and sisters in Christ in our home fellowship. I bring greetings from Monkstown Baptist to you here, uh, but also 
uh, New Hope here in Seinfeld Baptist, and there are many other churches as well uh, where we know there are faithful prayer warriors uh, keeping us before the Lord and keeping his work um, um, in their prayers. So that is very much uh, appreciated, and uh, please continue to keep praying. And this evening, as I share with you about the work that goes on, really what I want to do is just share with you a lot of information about uh, what the Lord's allowing us to be a part of in Burkina Faso in these difficult uh, days, so that you can be informed, that you're kept up to speed with what's going on, and that you can be praying, praying for this work, praying for us as we serve, praying for the ministry, praying for the pastors and the mission organizations we partner with as they endeavor to work in difficult days uh, serving the Lord. Before um, start sharing about uh, the work in West Africa, if you have your Bibles with you, um, I'd like just to share a couple of thoughts with you from a couple of portions of Scripture, and the first of which is found in Isaiah uh, chapter 9 and verse 6. Normally this verse we might associate it with, or think more about it at Christmas time when we're celebrating the birth of our Saviour. But this evening, let's read this verse and then we'll Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isn't it wonderful as a child of God just in reading that verse to know he is wonderful, our Saviour is wonderful. He's a counsellor, the mighty God, he is the Everlasting Father and he is our Prince of Peace. And it's really those that last, that last name that I want us to, to think about this evening, our Lord and Saviour as Prince of Peace. We live in a time and in a world where many people are robbed of their peace or seem to be robbed of their peace. People look for peace in many different places, many different ways, and yet they seldom find peace. Many people think, if only I had a better job, if only I had that pay rise, I might be content or I'd be able to find peace in life. If my health was just a little bit better, or if I could get that treatment that I need. Perhaps you're thinking more about relationships. If only I could find that wife, if only I could find that life's partner, life would be so much easier. Maybe you're thinking about our country. If only our government could sort things out, if they could get together and start to work on things, then perhaps we'd have peace. Don't get me wrong, there are many wonderful helps out there in our world today that help us with regards, for example, health. Uh, there are great doctors out there, great physicians who give us, uh, give us access to wonderful medicines and treatments. If finances are your, your problem and your trouble. We have financial advisors today. Perhaps at work your employer is going to allow you to explore a little bit more of a work-life balance. 
perhaps live in a country maybe like Burkina Faso and your hopes in your government or in the peacekeepers if only uh, they could just uh, a few more of them we would be able to find peace in these days but this world even though it has much to offer to help us to find peace it will never never be able to help us find true peace we know as God's children the only place where we are going to find peace is in knowing Jesus. We know, as God's children, where to find peace. We have that answer. And where do we find that answer? We find it in the Bible. And I'd like you to turn to our our second uh, reading, which is in Philippians chapter 4. And just a couple of verses there, verses 6 and 7, that I would like us uh, to look at as we think about our Prince of Peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus we can have a peace we have a peace from God that passeth all human understanding when we are his children these words in Philippians penned by by Paul make me think also sometimes it's it's not easy to practice what we preach lots of you are are parents here and uh, maybe you're about to go through or you have been through what I've just been through and uh, with Joshua there teaching him how to drive and uh, he's passed his test thankfully he has the car which was my car but now apparently it's his car uh, but he has that but in teaching him to drive I was always telling him son put your hands on the steering wheel like that one at ten o'clock and one at two o'clock that's where you put your hands and then you fade the wheel around you don't cross your hands over and so on so I was preaching away to him about how to drive and how to steer but didn't take Joshua long to figure out that I wasn't really practicing what I was preaching I was telling him to do something that quite often I was guilty of not not doing myself but here in these verses in Philippians we find Paul the Apostle Paul clearly practicing what he is preaching when he's writing these words he's imprisoned in Rome and he's writing to the Philippians even though he's locked up himself humanly speaking has every right to be panicking or to be worried or to be anxious and concerned to not have peace but yet we find him from his prison cell writing to the Philippians telling them stop your panicking and start praying There is peace available from God which passeth all understanding. And Paul found this true peace and his security in the promises, the provisions, and the presence of God with him in that cell. Just thinking about God's provision to to Paul, Paul had already witnessed 
God advancing the gospel through Paul's own adversity in Rome. And we see that earlier in the the book of uh, Philippians in verse 12 where it says, um, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul knew why God had him where he was in prison. He knew to be content and not to fear. And God gave him a peace that passeth all understanding as he penned those words from his prison cell. It's my prayer, and I would ask you to be praying also for the pastors that we work with in Burkina Faso in these very troubled days. Many of these pastors are physically being driven to their knees by what's going on around about them. I would ask you to pray for them that while they're on their knees physically because of these circumstances, that they would be in prayer. That as they they pray, that they would find that their portion would be the peace of God which passeth all understanding. And that just like Paul experienced and what was happening to him as he was imprisoned in Rome, that what's happening to these pastors and our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in Burkina Faso in particular, that what is happening would make them bold to speak out without fear, to proclaim the gospel, to share the gospel, and that we would really see in these days the gospel advance and many coming to know Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior as we share a cup of water with many and the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with many. Perhaps it will be difficult for you as we we look at what's going on in West Africa uh, shortly to comprehend the difficulties and the challenges that face so many in Burkina today. But doubtless it's the case that if I went around this room, if we had time to go around one by one and to ask you, do you have any reason, humanly speaking, to be anxious, to have lost your peace, to be panicking? I'm sure every one of you would be able to talk about circumstances in your, your life that, humanly speaking, would give you reason to not have great peace is life driving you to your knees remember on your knees it's a great place to pray and God's word tells us be careful be anxious about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known unto God And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that as you're on your knees, that you will pray and that God, God's peace will be your portion also. Thank you. Well, West Africa, just in case you're not familiar with that, there might be one or two uh, who haven't heard of Friends in Action before or heard about Burkina Faso or Ivory Coast. So this is where we're off to this evening in West Africa, just south of the Sahara Desert, and that's Burkina pointed out there. And as we zoom in, uh, you can see Burkina's landlocked to the north there, uh, Ivory Coast, the orange color there, uh, to the south onto the, the southern coast of West Africa, and next door there is Ghana, just to help you with your geography a little bit. We're involved in a lot of water projects, and using those water projects, drilling wells, repairing pumps, refurbishing wells, doing water towers, and we'll see some of that in a minute, as a means to open the door to share the gospel with unreached, isolated, remote, often forgotten people groups. The physical need is huge. As you can see in that picture, a lady scooping out uh, the dirty water to take home. That's her drinking water for her family. And you can see in the bottom right corner, that's a new hand pump on a, a borehole that we've drilled, uh, a well that's been completed. And that well is now being used as a means of a preaching point, an opportunity to share more than physical water, but to share the gospel. Now, I could talk for hours and hours, as my board know, and they're going, no, Mark, please don't do that. Don't talk about drilling and wells and geology and all of that as much as you like it. So we've got a one-minute one video clip here, just in case you're interested by all of that and the, the drilling and wells and what that actually entails. This little one-minute video clip will show you a little bit of what that actually uh, is and what we, we do. that would be that would be wonderful there's a lot more work goes into it as some of your your men from the fellowship here who have been out on teams know all too all too well but it is wonderful just being able to go into a village to work hard to work alongside people to provide a cup of water 
that is given in Christ's name and to have that door opened to an opportunity to share the good news with people. We're going to think a little bit about a different side of Burkina, Burkina Faso now. Um, I don't know if anybody has been following in great detail what's going on in Burkina. I'm sure some of you know a little bit at least, but as Tom said earlier, it's not in our media. You don't hear much on the TV when you switch on here about West Africa, about uh, Burkina Faso. But to summarize, in the last five years, uh, there have been as many military coups. So five years, five, five coups. The current uh, government is a military uh, government being run by a 34-year-old chap called Traore, who was from the uh, Burkina Special Forces. Um, so it's uh, difficult times in Burkina, in the north and in the east, and now as well in the southwest. Um, we have Al-Qaeda in the Maghreb, we have Islamic State, we have Boko Haram, and we have another group, Jainim, and a whole variety of other terrorist groups um, uh, operating in the area, causing many, many problems, many, many challenges in the country. And depends who you ask today, but about 60 to 70 percent of the country is outside of the control of the government. And if you go on to sites like ACLED, if people know that, that's armed conflict location and event data, uh, that site will now tell you in terms of what's going on in the country, Burkina Faso is second worst in the world after Afghanistan. So that is unfortunately um, a, quick, a quick glimpse of the current situation in Burkina Faso. Here is a little church and... Um, this was up in the northern parts of Burkina, and this has been typical of a number of attacks that have happened up north. And this little church, the congregation were pulled out, a number of the fellowship were executed, and the building uh, was uh, destroyed, as you see um, in those pictures. When we first went to Burkina Faso uh, back in 2005, it was a very different place. Um, was able to drive our trucks that you saw in that little video uh, all around the country. There was nowhere that was out of bounds, nowhere that we couldn't go and provide water and share the gospel. Today, we can't take volunteer teams to uh, Burkina Faso uh, because of the insecurity. The Foreign Commonwealth Office has painted the whole country red with the exception of Ouagadougou, the capital, which is an orange dot. And uh, so I'm not allowed to travel outside of the capital city when I'm there. So all of the work that we do now through all our partners, through the national teams, the pastors, those local guys that we've worked with since 2005 that we've trained up and that we've equipped, um, we have to bring them into Ouagadougou if we want to meet with them, if we want to do more training, etc., and then let them go back home where they're from and progress the work as best we can. So we're involved in Burkina, a lot more managing people, training people, equipping people, pastors and workers to go out to work on these, uh, these projects and to share the gospel. So here's some of the guys. These are two of my key guys, Emmanuel and Samuel. And uh, I've known these guys since they were very young. Samuel in particular, I've known since he was 12 years old. He learned to swim on my back um, in a swimming pool in, in Ghana. And uh, I worked with his father, who's a director in a Bible school in Ivory Coast. Uh, but Samuel now, in his 30s, has his own little family, and it is wonderful to see him going on serving the, serving the Lord. 
this is Emmanuel now, and he's my key guy in uh, Burkina Faso. And because I can't go out and do surveying, I can't go and visit the sites, and training and equipping these guys uh, to go and do that for us in areas where it's safe for them to go. Um, they themselves can't go everywhere in the country. Burkina has about 70 different people groups, and it's not just easy to say, well, you're Burkina, but you can go anywhere in Burkina. There are problems between various people groups, and you can't just send anybody anywhere. Uh, but this is a manual with survey gear on, learning how to site wells, training them how to manage drilling contractors. There are some contractors we can't drill ourselves in the remoter parts of Burkina, but there are some contractors that we've built good working relationships with, and over the last few years we've delivered uh, water wells uh, through them. And that's one of those wells happening there. And the guys that I work with, we train them up to follow them and manage them. We train them up to do pumping tests and to check wells are suitable. Uh, sufficient quantities of water, sufficient quality of water, and we equip them to go out and install hand pumps and train them how to do that. And that's a little three-wheel uh, motorcycle like that. That's probably the one you'd see in Monkstown, and that's the one you'd see down here, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but these little taxi motos, they're, they're cheap, they're easy to repair. The guys in Burkina all know how to fix them. They're low profile, everybody drives them. So we can uh, provide these to pastors. They use them to take all their equipment, their benches, their sound systems in to do evangelism. They use them then to take tools and equipment and the pumps in to repair wells. And uh, they're a wonderful tool. It's Lambert and Emmanuel to the guys just installing a pump. And uh, some of the, the work that we're doing as we support other missions who are church planting in remote villages uh, where water is a problem, um, where perhaps they have Christian schools, clinics, outreach programs, we come alongside. But quite often in the villages where we're asked to take a look at the water situation and to support them going into these areas, we come across sites like this. And this is a well that for whatever reason uh, was abandoned and forgotten. And we spend a lot of time now, teams trained up to assess these wells and uh, to uh, construct new surrounds for them, uh, just like uh, this one that you can see, and then to put a hand pump onto it and get it back up and running and operational. And something that was old, not attractive, forgotten, completely useless, but deep down inside has amazing, wonderful potential. Did you see how that could be used to, to share the gospel? It was old, forgotten, dirty, unclean, not fit for service, and it can be changed and taken and put back to use and bless and benefit so many. And there's a great, a great opportunity there to talk about sin and our state before God and how we need to be forgiven. We need to be right with God and how we can be saved and forgiven our sins and be put to use serving God and others. And there's a completed well. And that well, after being refurbished, great opportunity to invite all the people of the village out. They're so thankful for the rehabilitated well and they'll come out and uh, listen to every word uh, that we would like to share with them. And so with the pastors that we work with, French is the language spoken across the country, but if you want to reach, for example, this people group uh, with 
uh, the gospel, you have to share it with them in their first language. And their first language is not French. It might be uh, Fofulde, it might be Mori, it might be Gornonshema. 70 or so different languages in this country. So we have to partner with a lot of groups to be able to share the gospel effectively. And what you see here is uh, an outreach uh, meeting after three wells were rehabilitated, refurbished by one of our pastors, a pastor called Joel in southwest uh, Burkina Faso. Uh, in the evenings, after refurbishing those wells, all the people said, what, what, what do we need to give? What do we need to do? Just come and listen to us. And they all come out in the evening, and there's a sound system, and there's a screen, and they're able to uh, do their outreach work and evangelism. And this is Pastor Joel. And just this last year, after rehabilitating three wells in one area, the people from that village came out and listened, and there were many came to saving faith in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And this picture, I love it, because this is an old man from that village uh, where we rehabilitated those three wells, and he's being baptised. It's not a lovely, nice, clean baptismal tank. It's find a low patch, the baffon, as they call it, uh, and uh, where water's collected, dig it out a little bit, and there's Pastor Joel in the background baptizing this old man. And many of these old men, like many of us here, we're set in our ways, aren't we? And uh, hard to convince that there is another way. That there's, uh, But this man, who for years was an animist, practiced sacrifices and worshiping ancestors and idols, met with Jesus, got gloriously and wonderfully saved, and is here being baptized. And that's what this work is all about. Pastor Joel, when we started working with him, uh, this church of his, there was only about 30 people in it, and that's his church today. That would have been back in about 2012 when we first worked with him. And it is just wonderful to see the church growing. The gates of hell, with all the problems that there are in Burkina, will not prevail. The Lord is building his church, and it's wonderful to look at pictures like this and just to see so many people uh, packing into uh, this church in a town called Nyangaloko in southwest uh, Burkina. With the problems in Burkina, many people are being displaced. If you are out in the remote, the rural areas, there's not the security afforded to you um, that you would like, uh, perhaps, and uh, great danger, great risk. So many people are leaving remote areas and running back to bigger towns. Those bigger towns or villages are under pressure already concerning their water supplies and struggling to cope. And when there's a big influx of thousands of people, the water supply can't cope. So we're involved in a number of water tower building projects where we take hand pumps off wells and we put electric pumps down them. With the electric pump, if the well's good enough, we can pump out a lot more water. And it's a little solar-powered electric pump here. And instead of providing water for 500 with a hand pump, maybe we can provide water for 3,000 with a little water tower and some taps. And what an opportunity to reach into uh, the lives of people with the, the gospel at a time when they are so troubled, uh, so weary, and wondering what it's all about after being chased out of their villages by terrorists. Just some pictures of water towers. On well, my last trip just a couple of weeks ago, um, I was standing uh, just in a little schoolyard in Sakula, and this was back in 2008. Uh, we drilled a water well for this school. This school in 2008 had five children in it. It was a Christian school on the northern outskirts of Ouagadougou, 
and just five students, and the local people didn't want to know. Animist and Muslim people. Christian school, nothing's going to come with it, nothing will happen. You just keep quiet over there, and it hadn't great relations with the people. Back in 2008, we went and supported them, we trying to get going this work, and provided a, a water well with a hand pump, and I hadn't heard a great deal uh, about the progress of the school um, over the years. I knew it was there, I knew it was still going on, but I was able to visit it just on this last trip. And when I went out, this is uh, the school that you're looking at now, uh, I found out that there are now 500, over 500 children in that school, and they are being well-educated, their results are excellent, and they're well-respected as a school, they're loved and accepted by the community, and these children are being taught the Bible every day in this school. It's not wonderful whether they are Muslim background, whether they're animistic background, or Christian background, they're all in there together, and they're all being taught the Bible and being educated. Now, this school contacted us because the well that we did for them, the hand pump, can you imagine 500 kids at break time when the bell goes? They're all running out, and there's one hand pump, and they're all trying to get a drink of water. Uh, this is what it looks like. There is a well in there. Just about now, see in here, that was the hand pump that we put onto a well that we drilled back in 2008. And they've asked us to come in and can we do something about the water supply because a hand pump isn't meeting uh, the need, can't, can't keep up with the demand on it. So I ask you to pray for that. Um, and uh, we're hoping to put a, a solar powered uh, submersible pump in here to build a water tower and to run that off to a number of taps at different sites around the, the schoolyard and to better meet uh, the children's need there. Here we are offloading some, doing some delivery of some Every Home crude, Crusade materials, Every Home Crusade materials, and it says Irish cream butter on there, but it's not. That's Christian literature that has come out um, in 40-foot containers, and we have been privileged to be able to take that literature into schools, like that little school in Sekula and other schools, and be able to open the door for partner missions and for ourselves and for our own pastors that work with us to go in and share the gospel in schools. We're going to quickly run off to Ivory Coast, um, which uh, we're moving to the south here. And uh, many of you know we have our own drilling rig and our own equipment, and we had that down here, and that, that drilling rig is now in Ivory Coast. Because we can't drive it around ourselves in Burkina Faso, um, about two and a half, three years ago, we decided as a, a board to let's move it down into Ivory Coast and that was, that's a long story and the Lord's timing, the Lord's hands being uh, upon that. But that equipment now is in Ivory Coast and uh, we're developing a new base of operations there where we hope to very soon start to be taking out teams of volunteers again to Ivory Coast. It's a much safer uh, environment and what you're looking at here is a Bible school that uh, we partner with in Ivory Coast. Uh, Samuel, who I mentioned earlier, his father is the director in this Bible school and they train up lay pastors, and we're supporting those pastors going out churching plants in new villages uh, in that surrounding area. There's Jack, and that's a little church in the background. We're going to be, Lord willing, getting involved in a little bit of construction work and uh, helping to improve these buildings. And uh, it's not just quite as comfortable uh, 
when you're preaching in a little little church like that. Jack takes me out on Sundays and we go off all around a number of villages and he'll give you maybe half a minute's notice and say, would you preach this morning? And you're up and in French trying to preach and he's translating into Bowley. Or Jack, thankfully, uh, speaks English as well. So whenever I get stuck in French, he, he bails me out. But this little church in the background, I had the privilege of, of preaching there uh, last year. And a little girl came up afterwards and asked how to become a Christian. And it was wonderful just to be able to, sitting in that little mud brick, very simple structure, be able to lead that young girl to Christ. We support a number of the pastors that we partner with, with teaching materials and audio devices as well. And there's not a lot of material available for them. We're very spoiled here in terms of access to libraries, Bible colleges, books, materials. Uh, they're hungry for it uh, in West Africa, so we try and uh, take those materials out as much as possible. Here's another little church um, that Jack took me to preach in. And um, I think you can see me hidden away in there next to Jack. And that's the, the pulpit, a little plastic uh, table, some plastic flowers on it there. They've done their best to fix it up. And it's just a bamboo structure. And that's what you're looking out at. You're a very different bunch tonight to look out at than, uh, than that crowd. And uh, as Tom said, I sometimes feel a little bit seasick at the front because they all move that much whenever they sing. They're all swaying. Uh, everything just moves. Uh, they have wonderful rhythm and they sing beautifully. And that's wonderful. But that's how simple little churches are out in these villages where we're working. And after you've preached, just like you folk here, they'll take you off, provide you with supper. Or in this case, it was a morning service. I was taken off for lunch. And that was my lunch. And uh, there's the wee claw still of the animal, so I had to eat that. There's a, a little bit of the shot from the shotgun because the pastor was all pleased. He had gone out the night before and he had shot this, a little agouti. He had brought it home and prepared that. And I was praying the missionary prayer, which is, Lord, if I get it down, you keep it down. And the uh, uh, Lord has looked, looked after me on many a time. Um, that little village where the girl had the pleasure and privilege of leading that girl to, to Christ, um, this is their only water supply at this moment in time. One well with a little foot pump on it. And we're praying that we'll be able to go back, support that church, um, help with the pastor, some of his teaching and, and training, encourage him. We'll be able to work on the water supply in this village, improve it, and um, build relationships between the church and the community and opportunities to share the gospel. Here's our new yard in Ivory Coast. And 14,000 bricks went into that wall, a one, um, one hectare site, and uh, every brick made by hand, mud bricks, and then all plastered over. Uh, I can't say I didn't do them all. Like, I had a team of the local guys who can work so much faster and better than me, but they turned out a lot of bricks, built that wall. We've shipped containers down, there's the drilling rig and the air compressor, and then uh, earlier last year, halfway through the year, we were able to uh, do some joinery work. I could have done with Nigel with me. I'm sure he would have corrected me a number of times on this structure and so on, but um, it's still standing. Last time I was out there, which I'm really pleased about. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's a local carpenter uh, who was able to come and help, and we're able to work and get this, this hanger up between the containers. We've built a store here uh, for drilling supplies, equipment, the water storage tanks, all the pipes for the wells, all of the drill bits and things. So this little store. I have been learning so much about construction 
and uh, I'm probably Nigel's getting his own back on me now because for years I've talked about geology and drilling and water and he's had to put up with it now I'm getting all the construction talk coming back to me and I'm, I'm learning learning a lot but I'm really really pleased that we've got Nigel and Jim uh, on the board with their construction knowledge and they, they keep me right and there's lots of WhatsApp calls back uh, back here and there you are there's the store up and run, uh, up and built and there's the, the hangar and now after that the uh, Lord has blessed us uh, with the, the means to construct a house here which will be a teams base and an office for the work in Ivory Coast and so that's just a, a picture of the foundations going in there and again all those bricks cement block this time uh, being uh, made one at a time from a little mould uh, all mixed by hand all bricks made one at a time and that's where it's at today I don't think even Nigel and Tom have seen this this picture yet um, just got that through on my, my phone so I've been learning about things like foundations and ring beams and reinforced concrete and all the things I didn't know existed um, until Nigel and Jim uh, started talking to me but working hard with uh, the local uh, the local guys uh, to, to build this up and this will have four bedrooms so we'll be able to look after teams whenever they come out one big team meeting room on the end there a little office and a kitchen and uh, that's that's going up now so that's for your prayers just concerning concerning that some days that's just that sums it up that's how I feel I'm standing in a hole and I'm digging and I'm not sure what's going on uh, but uh, um, the Lord guides and leads protects and directs us and we're thankful for that. While trying to get this facility up and running, I have to live in the village. So I'm living with my friend Jack, who's the director of the Bible school. And it's just in village house. It's very simple, basic accommodation. And I've had a few challenges with my health this last year, just because living in that sort of environment, you don't have the same control over your food, your hygiene. And here, the whole, flouse, the whole house got flooded. Um, with a torrential downpour and you can just imagine what that's like uh, everything everywhere and you're under a few inches of water uh, and so on what you're looking at here is in the village of Golicro in Ivory Coast and these young men around here are the men that have helped to do all that construction work uh, that you've seen and it is just wonderful being able to work beside these young men and to build relationships with them um, many of you who work on sites know what it's like you get talking to boys you get opportunities to, to share with them uh, and so on and they'll open up maybe while they're working with you um, and uh, listen uh, to you as you endeavour to share the gospel with them and this was one night after we'd done a fair bit of work we got together had a barbecue and they all came uh, to, to that barbecue was able to, to share uh, the gospel with them and able to invite them to come to church some of them Christians some of them not Christian. Uh, but it was really encouraging to me that just working with these guys, if you ask them to come to church, they'll look at you and they'll make up their mind and they'll tell you, yes, I'll come to church, or no, I can't come to church, but I will come again. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could just go on the building site and say to somebody, come to church, and they'll go, yes, I'll come to church, and they come. These men turned up uh, on the Sunday after this and came into church. Some of them looking a wee bit uncomfortable, hadn't been in church before, but they came and that's been a great encouragement uh, and challenge to me with the water projects we've connected with a lot of pastors working in remote rural areas and I've been able to invite missionaries that uh, I've worked with in here 
This is David Anderson from uh, UFM, uh, working in Burkina Faso, a missionary I've worked with uh, over the years, and uh, we partner with through SIM as well in, uh, in Burkina, but I was able to invite him down to Ivory Coast, and we ran a pastor's uh, conference and did four teaching sessions each day over two days to encourage, build up, and support these, these pastors. And we provide them with um, little apps on their phones, materials, Christian discipleship, Christian evangelical, evangelistic materials on a little app that they can, most of them have phones these days, they just pop them into their phones and they can access those materials and use them to share with, these, with others uh, the good news. So it's wonderful just to be able to, to work with those pastors and connect with them and look at, for, look at ways and how we can help uh, encourage them and support them as they serve the Lord in some very difficult uh, villages. Here what we're looking at is up back up in Burkina Faso. Can't leave Ouagadougou because of the insecurity, but we can invite pastors in. And there are many pastors who are just saying, our people can't even get a drink of water. What do we do? Nobody will come to our village because of insecurity to come and repair our pumps. So we invite them in. We're training them. And here we are uh, just with the cylinder. What you're looking at there is a cylinder and a little pipe wrench. And we're stripping down the cylinder of a hand pump. These pastors are learning how to rebuild hand pumps, how to refurbish wells. And just like our pastors here, some of them don't know a spanner from a hammer, and uh, some of them are actually very handy. And so we identify who, who these guys are, and we put a bit more training and effort into them, supply them with equipment, tools, uh, and so on, and send them back out to the villages, send the parts they need out to them. And they're able to repair wells in their village and neighboring villages. And they're traveling evangelists, sharing the gospel and repairing wells. So that's a wonderful joy to be able to train them. There's uh, a number of the pastors that had come in from two villages up north that definitely are out of bounds for me. Could absolutely not go anywhere near those. But we brought them down to our yard. And here I have a, a mock well with a hand pump on it. And we put the pumps in. We strip the pumps down, pull them out, we put them back in, and we put them through their paces until they can do all of, all of that. And they, they enjoy it. It's good fun, good fellowship uh, working together. A lot of these pastors are working in very difficult, very difficult areas. And what you're looking at here is a picture of the mayor's office from a village called Wo in southwest Burkina Faso, where I had a, a team of pastors uh, evangelists and pump installers working and we've known them since 2012 uh, but in this village 80 terrorists turned up uh, with their machine guns riding on motorbikes didn't shoot people but came in and burnt out every uh, government facility uh, in that village and chased away all the old men and kept the young men behind in woe hoping to convince them to join them and their cause but chased away the old men and one of our key pastors working one of our teams had to flee from this area and he's uh, about 100 kilometers away from this area now but that's just a burnt out motorcycle that's been pushed into the mayor's office set on fire and uh, destroying the, the building there but I ask you to pray for these pastors these men that work with us this is the reality of the situations where they find themselves working they're in some very dangerous places but it is such a challenge to me and such an encouragement to me that in spite of what's happening there it's, they just want to keep pressing on, serving the Lord, caring for their flocks in those villages, their, their people, and uh, doing everything that they can and more uh, to serve our Lord and Savior. 
And as they face difficult days, I ask you just to pray that just as we saw with Paul, he was locked up, but that served for the purpose of advancing the gospel, that these pastors being displaced and troubled by insecurity in the country at the time, that that would serve for the advancement of the gospel in Burkina Faso. Nearly finished. Um, I have asked you often to pray for Dr. Ken Elliott and his wife Jocelyn. We still don't know uh, where Ken is, if he's alive, if he's not alive from kidnapped, but uh, after he was kidnapped back in January of 2016. But uh, just a week before last, Jeffrey Woodkey, an American um, missionary who was taken hostage at the end of 2016 from Niger and taken off into Mali. These are neighboring countries to Burkina. Would have been held by same people in same areas as where Ken uh, and Jocelyn would have been held and where we believe Ken's still being held. Uh, but they were released. Uh, he was released and also Oliver Dubois, uh, who was a, a journalist, French journalist. Uh, they were both released. So, so pray. We're hoping there might be some word or some communication concerning Ken. Pray that uh, word would come out on Ken's condition and if it's the Lord's will that he would be released and returned to his family thank you so much for having us along we really do value and appreciate your encouragement your prayers and your support and uh, in these days more than ever we really do need you to be on your knees praying for these pastors, for these workers, for the missions that we partner with, and for ourselves as we endeavor to, to continue to serve the Lord, both in Burkina and Ivory Coast. Lord willing, I head back out to Ivory Coast uh, just at the start of May and plan to be out there for a month, and working on that construction work primarily and visiting a few sites where we hope to get water, uh, water projects uh, going in the near future. So please... Uh, I hope something there has maybe struck a chord with you, something that you've heard this evening. I know you can't possibly remember all of that, but um, perhaps the Lord put something on your heart that you could be uh, on your knees praying for, and we really, really would appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I'm just going to close in prayer, um, and uh, um, somebody will pray for supper, or do that at the same time. That's it. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that it is to be your children, to be your people, to be here this evening, to have your word open before us, to have your word available to us in our language, to be able to understand the precious truths of the gospel. Lord, I thank you for this weekend, this week of missions that has been held here in Saintfield, Lord. I know that your people here, Lord, have heard so much about uh, what you and your servants are doing in so many places across the world. Lord, I pray that many will have been challenged, many will have been encouraged, they will have been built up in their faith and in their desire to serve you, to know you more and to take every opportunity that you give them to bring glory and honor and praise to your name, to share your great fame and your great name abroad, here in the same field and further and further afield around this world. Lord, we thank you uh, for all of the 
uh, the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us, Lord, uh, that we have homes, that we have clothes to wear, that we have food to eat. And Lord, we are so thankful for this supper that is provided for us this evening. I pray that you bless the hands that have prepared it and that you will bless this supper to us. And bless our time of fellowship around it, our conversations, one with each other. May they be for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.